Hey, and welcome to All Things Renovation with Brandy the Boss Lady and Paul the Wood Magician. We're a fun-loving couple who eat, breathe, and live all things renovation, and we'll be your hosts on this podcast. We created the podcast to help you take a confident role in your renovation dreams and get your project done right, on time, on budget, and with quality craftsmanship. Welcome to today's show. Today, we're talking with Josephina Sarah and Lauren Webb. Josephina and Lauren are founders of Form Collective, and this duo has been working side by side since 2010, and they are lucky enough to have a harmonious workflow, often bouncing ideas off of each other and finishing each other's sentences. This allows creative workflow and uh, ideas to flow and, and be presented methodically. Um, from a small renovation to a multi-level restaurant space, they've got you covered. They know their stuff and they don't take themselves too seriously, which I really love. So let's jump in and welcome to today's show. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Yeah. So um, th the reason I wanted to have you ladies on the show today as interior designers is that I feel like our, our homeowners and our listeners would benefit from using an interior design service, but sometimes people don't always know what the benefits are about using somebody like yourself. So can you explain maybe why uh, it would be beneficial for someone to use an interior design service um, to help them with their design? Of course. So a lot of times people come to us with a lot of ideas, but they don't know how to get those ideas across. So what we do is we work with them, put it onto paper, and then that turns into a detailed design plan. So drawings and specifications. And really in the end, what happens is that vision turns into a reality because we're able to draw it all out, pass it to the contractor, budget it out, and they know exactly what they're getting. So it's really a way for them to express to us what they're hoping to get and for us to make it a reality by turning it into drawings and detailed specifications. So I really think that that's one of the biggest things is um, us putting onto paper and really getting it all priced out and, and detailed out so that we can make sure that we are really understanding and executing their vision. So that would probably be one of the biggest things that I would say. And we consider a lot of smaller details that sometimes homeowners mm -hmm. don't understand they're going to have to provide. So a lot of times we'll get a panic call after the plumbing rough-ins have happened on a project and the contractor is asking for the exact plumbing fixtures and accessories and down to the details of where the towel hook is going to go, how high it is above the countertop, things like that. And the clients don't have the time to provide that and they maybe not, they maybe might not know what they are looking for. And so we'll get a panic call every once in a while saying, I need help, but it would be better if we were involved before the panicked call. <laughs> yeah, well, and there, and there are certain standards of, you know, uh, placement for certain things that the average person just doesn't know about, right? Mm -hmm. Part of the design is like, you know, we don't want to have a light switch that's, you know, down at my knees and I don't want it up at my shoulders either. There is sort we of- also don't want it on a really potentially wonderful art wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Which on the middle of that wall either, so. Because when, when some trades are in there doing their thing, they're just going to put it wherever they feel is good unless they've been- and it always happens to be on the best wall, we tell you. It's, it's, <laughs> it always is. So it sounds like by using an interior designer, you can really get down into the minutia of all of the, the really tiny details that maybe would be overlooked by the average person. And um, I always talk about, you know, you can never have too many good manners and you can never go wrong with a good plan. So- no. 
And that's it. most people know and overall what they're looking for, but they don't know how to express that. And so the, the thing is, you might know what your aesthetic is, but where do you find those materials? How do you put it all together? How do you make sure that it all works? You might have a few different styles that you like. Um, and how does that then relate to the, the space that you're going into? Does it suit the, the house Does it or the space itself? Does it, um, does the plumbing work with the lighting? Does And a lot of times homeowners can go from showroom to showroom and be like, I love this. Oh, I mm. love this tile. And they get all excited and select materials that are beautiful on their own, but might not work together. Yeah. And yes. so that's where we can really help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that, that's fantastic for sure. Now, not all designers are created equal. You know, I, I have often said there's some I wish I'd never met and others that I would absolutely love to work with and, and do enjoy. So can you maybe describe to us um, a little bit of the difference between some different styles of interior designer? Like, I know you guys are a full service uh, sort of group and other people maybe not quite as much. One of the things we we really take seriously is understanding what the client, it's all about the client. So for us, it's not, you're not hiring us for what we think is the best. And we want to help guide you there, but we want to work closely with you, understand how you want the space to work. What do you want it to look like? How do you function in this space from day to day? So I think the difference is that we really, really take that very seriously. And we work so closely with the client at the beginning to make sure that before we start doing any design work, we are really understanding what they're looking for. So that when we start doing that, it, we don't want it to be an overwhelming process for them, but we want it to feel like them. And so I think that that's one of the things that we take very seriously is, is making sure that the client is happy. And so our full service design work that we do, we work with them initially to, to ask all those questions. And then we start working on selecting those items or with drawings, with specifications, but we want to make sure that um, we fully understood what it is that they're looking for. So I would say that from a full service perspective, it's very much so about them and not about us or our ego. Um, yeah, yeah, I have to say I don't have an agenda, you know, um, yeah. is really what is it that you as a client would want. So yeah. you guys offer, offer full service. I mean, other people, maybe they just do like material selection or um, maybe furniture, you know, buying and placement and, and more like a staging type of thing. Um, so when someone would maybe consider an interior designer, sort of maybe give us like two or three questions that someone should really make sure that they ask their interior designer, make sure that they're the right fit for the type of work that they need done. I'd say number one, they should ask them what type of documentation they provide. So depending on what type of scope of work they're doing, they might, you know, if it's a furniture plan, they might just need a floor plan with, the furniture drawn on the floor plan and um, uh, maybe a few fabric samples and that's enough. But if they're doing a full renovation, they definitely want to see the level of detail that they'll be receiving. And I think that's often reflected in the price of a designer as well, because a lot of the um, design documentation phase, that's what actually takes the chunk of time. Um, yeah, for. And, and we've seen it when, when um, potential clients come in to interview us and they actually see what we provide at the end of the day, they're blown away and then they understand where our fees are and they can see the value over somebody else that maybe just provides a few material samples and some tips on design. They can see that all of a sudden they see this full picture that we provide in this de detailed mm -hmm. package. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. So obviously there's the 
the interior designer responsibility side when working on a project. Now, what would you consider the the client responsibility? Um, I often say like, I need timely responses from the client. And if you're not going to give me those, then, you know, there might be a delay of project and I have no control over that. So what are some of the things that maybe a client should be prepared to be responsible for when interacting with a designer? We definitely need engagement with them very early on in the Mm -hmm. process. So a lot of times we ask a lot of questions in the very beginning, and sometimes it seems silly because we're asking them um, what size of pots they want to put in their kitchen drawers or how many people they watch TV with or if they eat in their living room, all these different little personal questions that sometimes seem silly at the very beginning of a project, but they're actually very important for us to know how they use the space. And so we really like the client to engage early on to help us paint the vision of how they're going to use this space. And the other thing that's really important is to see um, inspiration images of spaces they like. And we run into this quite often where we ask them their personal style questions. And they say, for instance, I I like white and gray and that's it. But white, (laughs) white and gray can be a wide range of styles and somebody's modern aesthetic might mean something different to them than it does to us, where we actually need to see an image to communicate. And so we actually have a very strict rule that we won't even start design work until we have inspiration images that we've reviewed with both partners or whoever's involved in the house, because um, they need to be on the same page too. So if we're working with a couple, um, often we get one opinion and not the other, and then we get too far down the design um track and they're not on the same page so we're pretty much sticklers about getting that information before we start work so we get a lot of pushback actually <laughs> about when it comes to that phase because everyone says oh i'm busy just run with it but we're not really willing to do that especially at the very beginning and then i think when they start working with us as we get further in the process they understand why we asked all those questions and really in the end it saves them money in design fees because if we understand their aesthetic and their function their functional requirements at the beginning we're not having to do as many revisions or changes to the drawings and specifications so it really it, it really does impact the design and, and how many hours we use uh, for their project. So it's interesting to see the shift from clients at the beginning when we get that pushback and when the light bulb goes off, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. <laughs> and we're just wasting, wasting our time. So yeah, it's always interesting when you see that happen. Yeah. So do you, would you recommend that um, someone engage with you really early on in the process of thinking about a renovation or you uh, do, would you say like if, say they found a contractor and they're like, yeah, we have a contractor. We want to work with them, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, they sort of come to you, like at what sort of time frame would you recommend? Like earlier, like, it seems to me like you're saying the earlier, the better, uh, you know, we get a really good plan going before things start steamrolling too far. And then with a new construction house, we like to get involved before the permits go in. just because we like to do architectural revisions. So we might decide a door swing doesn't make sense in a certain direction, or we should move a window, or sometimes a sill height of a window is too low for what's happening on the inside of the house. And so we like the opportunity to um, comment on the architectural design before it goes to the city. Yeah, which is really helpful because, you know, as a contractor, you're going to order all those windows and the doors and everything right away because there's quite a long lead time for those. And if you don't, fully understand that, you know, maybe there's going to be a 
credenza or a, a custom millwork piece that's going to go go below that window and all of a sudden we have like an incongruence of <laughs> what's happening here and now all of a sudden you know we've ordered a window that we can no longer use because we need to you know have one that's a little shorter or whatever to be able to put that piece of furniture in. hopefully we would find that out even before the window went in but oftentimes it's like oh geez here comes a piece of furniture oh now what right mm -hmm. so yeah I absolutely agree like kind of like the sooner the better so I'm glad that we're on the same page for that <laughs> and then oh sorry go ahead Brandy no I was gonna I was just gonna go on to the next question but go ahead you one quick thing I was going to say it's interesting because when, when a client is not working with a builder or an architect or a house planner, they typically come in too late in the process. But when they're working with a contractor, it saves us because typically the contractor or even the architect will say, now's the time to engage with the designer. Mm -hmm. So we find that that's really helpful because when they have that other um, part of the puzzle involved, people like yourself, then it does help for the client because they always think they have way more time than they do. Mm -hmm. So people always underestimate how long things take and when we should be involved. So lately, I feel like people are coming in a little bit. Um, it seems earlier. like it's better. I think because there, a lot of products are delayed. And so yeah. they're starting to realize that things take quite a bit of time to plan yeah. and order and arrive. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden we're um, getting involved earlier. Yeah, because before it was always that, that, that it was almost every time was the contractor would ask for rough it and yeah. then we'd get hired because they would start to panic because the contractor's asking this and this <laughs> and then and then we get the mad that that phone call yeah you know, like the can panic. you just do the plumbing specs first and yeah. then we can figure out the rest and help. I, I swear 2019 2020 that was like the the phone calls we were getting but now it's yeah it's better so i'm not sure what's going on <laughs> um, maybe we're all learning a little bit who knows yeah. Yeah. Um, and it seems to me that sort of just through private conversation here that you seem like you're, um, you know, more of a collaborative style, uh, firm where, you know, you like to have the, the architectural drawings early and you can interact with that, the person who's doing those. And then also, uh, the contractor to be involved, mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, if we're talking something and we already know that maybe the budget is going to be blown by, you know, this really amazing design that, you know, we have in mind and we have to consider tweaking it a little bit to, you know, maybe bring down the cost. It's probably something where a contractor would provide some valuable insight on, on that regard. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I know from my perspective, I like to be involved so that I just, I just know what's going on. Like, so when we go to execute the project that, you know, I'm not looking at, the design for the first time. Like I already sort of know it in the, the, the cells of my body. I already kind of know what, what's going on. And I, you know, that way I'm not asking a question about something that there's already been a just like a long discussion about, and we're not having to reinvent the wheel by, by asking those questions again. It's just like, no, okay. I understand why that, you know, we, we landed on this particular detail or this particular design is because we had all these other things that were talked about. And, you know, as, you know, someone who's basically trying to execute the job, you know, sometimes you're like, well, why did they do that? But it's like, you know, there's been a conversation around that and there's a really good reason why we're doing that. And I like to know that ahead of time so that I'm not asking those questions after mm -hmm. the fact. And then people get frustrated. Well, we, we went through all this thing and we designed this thing and I, I don't know, I can't remember why we did it anymore, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, but there was a really good reason for it. Right. Like, so I, I think it's beneficial to have a collaborative uh, effort right at the start. Absolutely. Um, now, I deal with this a lot. Uh, client fear. There's a mm. lot of fear around renovation and building, and you know, people tend to have this 
you know, this fear of like, I'm get, I'm paying for all this stuff and am I, am I gonna actually get what I want at the end of the job? Are we gonna have cost overruns? Or like, there's a whole bunch of fear around that. And I would imagine that you guys also have a, a bit of fear sort of managing of clients because, you know, they're, they're paying for this design package that they're hoping that you're gonna be able to generate for them. Um, so how do you sort of get around some of that, that early fear and like, sort of settling those so that you can just get on with the work. I would say that from the, it's interesting because I think a lot of our clients are really nervous until we have our first meeting. And then I think they really understand that we really do care about what they have to say and we do want them to be involved and we're here to guide them. So I would say that at that initial meeting, when we start working with them and understanding what their aesthetic is, by the time we have our preliminary meeting, they're not, nothing is set in stone. So there's still so much opportunity to say if we're not going the right direction, if they're loving something or hating something, we've got really thick skin around here. So we're open. We want people to tell us if they love it or if they're really not liking something about it. So I would say that it never really goes if we get to the preliminary and we need to make adjustments, we work back and forth at that part, at that portion, before we go too far with the drawings and specifications. So it never really gets to the point where they're like, oh, we're really unhappy because we we start at, like I would say the preliminary phase would be where we really And the get reason is why we ask all the questions, the nitty gritty questions up front is that so that we get to know the client before we get too far into mm -hmm. the design. So we're not showing them something that's so far off of whatever they're imagining in their minds. And so that's why we're so tough about seeing those inspiration mm -hmm. images and asking those questions, because by the time we get to the first design meeting with them, we know them well enough to usually um, give them what they're looking for with a few minor tweaks. Mm -hmm. And we only show them our one best solution, but that doesn't mean we haven't looked at other things. So we have folders full of different lighting fixtures and maybe some extra countertop samples in a drawer that we can pull out and show them as an alternative if they don't like something that we're showing them. And at that, that meeting, we always started off with telling them that it's a preliminary design meeting, nothing set in stone. This is all about collaboration and feedback. You're not going to hurt our feelings and this is about you. And we ask them to give us feedback during that time and then work with us to modify it as much as we need to, to then move on to design documentation. And that's when it, all the, mm -hmm. all the actual set in stone planning happens, but that doesn't happen without their feedback. Yeah. So I don't so, think we ever get to that we hate this. You're totally off just because we do, that. We do the initial, that, that work at the beginning. And as far as the budgeting perspective goes, if we have a contractor engaged early, so if we were working with a contractor before that begins, the contractor could give us budget numbers and say, okay, you have X amount of dollars per square foot for the flooring or for the tile. And we can select those items within the budget before we even get to the preliminary design phase. But if a contractor is not involved, we'll know, okay, it's a lower end project, mid end or high end. And then we'll select materials and fixtures according to, to that. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, like from a contractor side, it's like, you know, the, my fear would be that designers are gonna you know, come up with this really beautiful design and it's not going to be anywhere near within the budget. And then the clients have fallen in love with this. And then now they're asking like, why can't you deliver that? 
Um, so I think, again, just going back to that whole collaborative aspect of, of things, and I, that's the way I prefer to work. And it sounds like you guys are, are on board with that. Well, as well. Absolutely. We prefer for the contractor to be involved. We love when the client comes just with the, with the contractor and already understanding what their budget is. That to us is really helpful because then we, like you mentioned, you're not selling somebody the dream and then taking it yeah, away. Yeah, then pulling it away. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, so our preference is definitely to to work. It's a the contractor is a big piece of the puzzle. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And trade pricing can be so different that depending mm -hmm. on who's hired to do the project, it's hard for us to guess. You know how much the millwork's going to cost or how much the general labor costs are. Yeah, well. yeah, for sure. So after the clients get through the design phase with with you, um, what sort of tangible items do they get? I've, I've heard that we're talking about drawings and, you know, schedules and all that kind of stuff. Are they provided with a copy of all of those things? Um, physical samples, I would imagine. Um, what, what is it that, you know, you provide or that most interior designers would provide for a client? So we provide them with a very detailed um, construction drawing set that includes uh, fully detailed specifications. So specifications on everything from finishes, fixtures, um, appliances, if you need help with that as well, like with pretty much everything that's going into the house. And, so I would say- And who to buy it from. And yeah, yeah, so in our specifications, we do include so much detail. So for example, if it's a tile, it would say the tile, um, the installation, how we want it, if it's brick, is it stacked? Um, what's the brow color? What's the finish on it? Um, any specific details, who to buy it from, um, who, like who the manufacturer is, who the supplier is. Like we give a lot of details. So for us, really, when we pass over our drawings to the contractor, a lot of times we're not even really having to, we love doing site visits and we like to be as involved as we can till until the end. But e even without that, like we find that our drawings are so detailed that a lot of times very minimal site visits are required. Um, and the contractors aren't really coming to us with that many questions because there's a lot of detail. That's our goal. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Like I, I, I'm the same, like if I can provide all of the information to whomever is gonna be working on whatever portion of the job, um, in a very clear manner, whether it's, you know, like we have a site binder that we put on site that has a whole bunch of information in it, yeah, usually has all the, you know, if we're doing a kitchen, we'll have all the appliance specs in there and all that kind of stuff. So that the electrician's doing the rough end. He's like, well, what, what range are you putting in? Well, it's like, here it is. And make sure that, you know, you know, some, some, um, appliances, as you guys probably know, like there's a certain location where you need to put the electrical or you need to put the gas or whatever. And you can't just put it willy nilly because when the, you know, the range slides in, it's going to get a bind or going to hit something in the back. So if I have all of that on site, then, you know, I'm not getting the phone call from the person when I'm in the middle of another meeting or something else saying, well, where am I supposed to put this thing? Right. So I think that, you know, that's the ultimate goal is just to minimize the amount of questions and sort of preemptively look at trying to prevent all of that from happening in the first place. Right. Um, now the cost versus value question is always something that comes up in construction, like I'm paying for this, am I getting good value for it? And it seems to me that, especially on a larger project, um, using an interior design firm is of huge value, just even through the conversation that we've had today, you know, all of the detail that goes in, all the, you know, clear communication, having specs and selection sheets, um, you know, to me that provides a huge amount of value to the project, even though it does cost something up front. Um, and I really love that uh, that is something that you guys also really value because 
it makes everybody's life so much easier. And I think after a client would maybe come to you and you have that initial conversation and they see all the work that goes into it, they go, oh, like you say, the light bulb moment. Now I get it. Now I get why this package is costing me this much. And I can see that I'm getting really great value out of it. So I think that's something that um, a lot of people need to be educated about. So I'm really uh, super happy that we're having this conversation today. Yeah. And it's one of those things that initially people always want, like they don't really understand, like they don't, or they're already spending so much to do the renovation. So they don't want to spend anything extra, anything extra, but it's crazy how much in the end, it honestly saves them money because they're, they're not making mistakes. They're not having all these change order fees. From, saves from, it saves time. And it, time yeah. it, save, it, it's honestly, it saves them money in the end. But how do you explain that to a client at the beginning when they're already stretched out with, you know, overall building costs and everything else, they're never prepared at the beginning to pay it. But honestly, like I, we can confidently say that in the end, it does save them money, like from yeah. mistakes being made in time. And, and, and they're not at the showroom every single moment that they have off of work. They're not spending running around different showrooms. And so there's so much value mm-hmm. in it, but it's just getting that, getting it across to, yeah, to communicating well. that. Um, yeah. That's yeah. I mean, I, I often will tell people like your time is worth something. Yeah. Like, yes, you could potentially manage this all on your own you're not going to be able to pick up on certain things that need to be dealt with right at that point in time or whatever yes there's a lot of people that are fully capable of say you know trying to run their own job but what is your time worth or people say well can I do the demo or can I take care of all the disposal it's yeah sure I I guess you could but what is what is your time worth what would you rather be doing with your time do you want to play with your kid do you want to go to the park do you want to you know, do you want to work a few extra hours that make up for that in your genius work? Because we all have our genius work and, you know, somebody stepping into a realm that's not their genius work will take them way longer to do and whatever that is. Like for me, like to do my own accounting, take me hours, you know, whereas <laughs> I send my, my package to my accountant and she's done like lickety split. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, people also need to recognize that their time is worth something. And, you know, uh, like you say, having them traipse around to all the different, um, showrooms and whatnot that their time is valuable and do do they want to be doing that i mean that's part of what an interior design firm would provide for them is here's the here's here are the options you didn't have to go around and and you know select all of those things because we already have an idea of what your design intent is and you know we've provided you know what that is so i think definitely that people need to realize that their their time is worth something and that's where a great deal of the value comes from now i did want to sort of just delve a little bit into your business directly. Um, I want to know what your design philosophy is. Uh, we, we're all about making our clients, our projects are about our clients, not about us. So we like to create our clients' vision. We like to make it into a reality. So they may have a vision, but it might need some clarity or some um, editing. Guidance, yeah. but we, we're all about making our clients' projects about them, not about us. So we try to take our egos out of it as much as we can. (laughs) I'd say that's our, because a lot of designers are hired for their aesthetic. So a lot of designers have a particular design aesthetic and they're hired for that, but that's not us. We're more about our our client's vision. So we just don't feel like there's not one universal aesthetic that suits everyone or or one. We we truly believe that every home needs to function for that family or whoever's in that home specifically. So, and we really truly believe that. We just can't see what our, you know, what we love working for everyone else. And so we, we just feel that it's, yeah, it's really, 
been a huge thing for us. So if you, even if you look at our, our design work, the aesthetic is so different. We work on some character homes, some really modern homes, some modern farmhouse. Like it's, we're really, yeah, that's, we And also it needs to be functional, not just beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a, a huge, thing. huge yeah. part of what, what we yeah, do. I mean, function needs to drive form right like it just does like mm -hmm. absolutely and, and especially I, small spaces too we have to make the small space has to work for you yeah no, it's, it's almost got to work harder than anything else yeah right? yeah and I, I often say that uh you know cookie cutters are for cookies <laughs> i like that that's <laughs> and, cool. you know there isn't a, a, a cookie cutter design or a plan or you know whatever for any other renovation of any other family. Like you say, it's very specific to you and your needs. And um, I think we should keep the cookie cutters for the kitchen <laughs> type of situation. Um, and then um, I know that people bring you sort of their design intent or whatever, but you must derive inspiration from somewhere else um, to help to create that. Do you like to Look, look at magazines are you big on house are you like where, where do you sort of derive some inspiration from on a sort of regular basis <laughs> Josephina used to be travel <laughs> oh yeah travel travel was a huge one for me I love travel um and seeing how people do things differently all over the place and just just I, I found it super <laughs> inspiring but yeah travel's on hold for now yeah, so okay. I, I guess Pinterest and, yeah. <laughs> and Instagram and everything else is yeah and magazines yeah and even just like walking around town yeah. and noticing you know oh this person did the exterior of their house this way or oh that's a cool commercial space just like, like yeah. absorbing the environment around yeah. us yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great. Um, and what what are your favorite types of projects to work on, and why? Hmm. I would say we love renovation. Yeah, my Renov favorite is renovation. Yeah, because sure. it's always it's a puzzle. It's it, there's something so interesting about it because yeah. you it, it's a challenge, and we love that about it. It's it's it really is like working on a puzzle. Like you're like, hmm, how can I improve this? How can I what can I shift to to maximize the space or to and it, it yeah it's always interesting because it's it always surprises you in a pleasant way and it's neat because you're and and then you're keeping these old bones of this project and and just giving it more light so we i think it's really cool to do renovations for people that have lived in a, the home or the space mm. for years before so say they've lived there for 15 20 years and they're just thinking well this space isn't working for me anymore and sometimes this happened to mm -hmm. us where they're considering moving yeah like love it or list it sort of thing where they and I think that's the most inspiring because we can come in with a fresh outlook on the space get an idea of their requirements for the space and actually make their current home work for them in a different way and I think there's something so neat about that is and and being able to show them how it could work in a different way is really neat I just really love that part yeah for sure so when um you know we often design is talked about is it timeless is it current is it like what's the next trend and all that kind of thing um I tend to try to go personally towards sort of something that's a little more timeless because I don't want to have to renovate what I renovated like a handful of years ago um you know just time-wise money-wise all that kind of stuff and yeah it's kind of fun to keep being fresh but at the same time <laughs> I I personally don't have that the money to do it and I don't have the time either so I tend to choose timeless things but kind of like a with fashion it's like you know you can have that trendy you know earrings or you know whatever so do you guys try and bring in a little bit of timeless as well as sort of something that's maybe a little bit more on trend and then 
um, what elements would you try to maybe bring in that would be trendy? I'm, I'm thinking like a light fixture, for instance, it's easy enough to change out in the future, but you know, a super dramatic stone countertop is a little more challenging to, to trade out in the future if it's not on trend anymore. Do you kind of bring some of those, those byplays into your designs? Yeah, definitely. I, we always, we, we feel very much so the same as you. Um, the, the pieces that are going, the expensive large pieces, such as, yeah, floors, countertops, all of that, stick to the timeless stuff. Have some fun with maybe, like you said, a light fixture, cabinet hardware, mm-hmm. do something more playful. We can change that out, you know, in a few years if you want to. Things that are easier to change, it might even be like a wall sconce. Okay, so you want to do something that's a little bit different. It's not a big deal unless it's some really, really high-end light fixture. But for the most part, you can have some fun with these little things. But we agree, the the big key components go with stick with the classics on those ones. Um, it's just, it's not worth it unless you're really, really rich and you want to just change it every <laughs> couple of years, then go for it. But I mean, for the most part, I, yeah, we, we completely are on the same page as you. Yeah, for sure. Um, and as far as trends go, I mean, cause it's all like always in the magazines and newspapers and all that kind of stuff. What are we seeing in 2021? Um, as far as a design trend or something like that, or, or even something that maybe would be, um, an effect of being shut up in our houses for (laughs) a year. Like I've gotten a bunch of requests around like, you know, improving say outdoor space or creating an office. Office, Are you sort of starting to see a lot of that as far as a a trend, as far as the. A lot of it's just trying to make the home function in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a huge, huge thing. And for everybody in the family like Mm -hmm. Josephina is working on a project right now where all four people that live there working from home and there's that's a lot that's four different people that are on call so right now they have signs on their doors that just say in a meeting they just turn on the the door and the sign that they put on and it's wild because I'm sure I think one of them actually did work from home before but that's three additional people so how does your hope I'm sure that house wasn't planned like they didn't have this idea that all four would be working from home so a lot of it is creating these spaces that will work for for home meetings and sound uh, considerations, Mm -hmm. uh, lighting considerations. So all of that, we've definitely noticed a huge, huge shift. And especially the uncertainty of how long will people be working from home? Like, when is this going to be um, coming to an end? And I think a lot of people at the beginning thought it was going to be very short. So we didn't get those um, those questions. But now we're finding that a lot of people, it's been over a year now, and people are starting to think about okay, well, this might be longer term, or maybe I will be working from home just by choice. Um, so we're definitely getting a lot more of that, um, yeah. a lot more of that now. And I think but, just making space is a bit cozier too, mm-hmm. we've seen. Like for a while, it was a lot of cool, like whites and grays and colder colors and more minimalist spaces. And I think it's shifting to be uh, warmer color tones and just an overall cozier We're spaces. all nesting, we're all nesting now. <laughs> Um, Are there any um, products that you see as sort of upcoming trend or like even tile design or anything like that as far as a a type of product that, you know, you you see up and coming? Hmm. Not sure as far as aesthetic. A a client came to us recently with a really neat um, composter that's underneath the sink. That's that's the first time I've seen it. And I thought this is great because nobody's using, um, like you can't use garburators anymore in some cities. And this is a, um, a product that you mount underneath your sink and you still use it like a garburator, but then it goes into a compost. 
um, system and it's, it's for pre-sale right now. And I thought that that was really neat and I could see that changing. And the same client also mentioned like smart appliances, fridges that keep food for longer. Um, I think there'll be a shift in the technology of spaces a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that's, that's already well underway. I think at the moment, I, and I think it's only going to increase because who wouldn't want to like, you know, turn the heat on in their house as, you know, half an hour before they get home and walk into a nice warm space in the middle of winter or, you know, turn on their air conditioning a little bit more before they get home if they have a, you know, a heat exchange pump and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, I could, I could, I mean, technology is definitely something that is interplays with us all day long. <laughs> and it's no wonder that it's sort of already starting to come into some of our appliances and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I, m myself, I'm old school. I, I, I still like pen and paper. Yeah, so do we. <laughs> I don't know. There's something really tangible and uh, I don't even to read books and that kind of stuff as well. I prefer to read, a, you know, a proper book as opposed to something on a screen, but eh, maybe I'll, I'll adapt later. Who knows? Um, so this, I mean, I've, this has been a fantastic conversation. Um, I'm really, really pleased that uh, we were able to cover so much, uh, so much of our topic today. Um, and I, I do want to wrap up the show, but before we do, I want to um, just ask how, what's the best way to get in touch with you if one of our listeners wanted to engage with uh, someone like yourself and, and get their interior design going? What's the best way to get in touch with you? Our website. Yeah, let's say the website. I was thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. Our website, because then they could get a sense of the type of work. Our, our, our website also outlines how we work and just making sure that we're the right fit because we're not going to be the right fit for everyone. Um, you know, I, I would hope that we would be for, for almost everyone, but I'm sure that they, like our website's really good. It does outline a lot of things. Um, Instagram. We also do post on Instagram. Um, so so what's, what's, what's the website address? Oh, it's formcollective.ca. Cool. And then of course on there, you know, you'll have links to all of your social and all that. Kind exactly. Of stuff. You got it. Okay. Now, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now, I always like to ask a couple of fun questions at the end. Um, and of course, you guys don't know what they are. So just give me your first like gut answer. And there's nothing nefarious about them. So don't worry about anything like that. Um, so what would you most like to change or renovate in your own home? <laughs> I'm doing a bathroom renovation right now that's <laughs> taking forever. So I'd like that to be finished. <laughs> And for me, it would be probably kitchen, kitchen, just because I can never get it organized enough. So I would say kitchen, it's all about the function. Kitchen, kitchen function is huge for me. So yeah, for sure. And then the, the last question is, are you handy? And if so, what's your favorite tool? And if not, what tool do you think would be the most fun to use? <laughs> I like to think I'm somewhat handy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 favorite tool would be the favorite tool. I just like a drill because it makes me feel powerful. Yeah. I don't know. What, I, I think I'm old school. Like a hammer. I don't know. What I, I can. But um, yeah. There's no. There's no right answer. It's just, just something fun to talk about at the end of the show. All right, ladies. You know, again, fantastic to have you on the show. Um, I hope that people listening find valuable insight on uh, hiring a, an interior designer and how it would be beneficial to the project. And uh, be sure to reach out to Lauren and Josephina if uh, you're interested in delving into some interior design for your next project. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning about all things renovation. 
We hope after listening, you feel even more empowered to take a confident role in your renovation dreams. You can find all additional episodes and resources for All Things Renovation at our website, allthingsrenovation.com. And if you're ready to make your house feel more like home, you can contact us at woodbeart.com to get started on your dream project now.